produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... Sergeant, we need a response team. We're already putting together the best man. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. It's <laughs> a plan. It's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Team? No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, they can be exactly what you need. Shoot up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, sir. We're online and ready. And welcome to another episode of Mighty Marvel Geeks. Oh, sorry, another issue. Because as Eric will point out, we have issues. Uh, it is the Intrepid Trio, minus one, plus one field agent. It's Kylan, Bart, and myself, Mike. How are you guys doing? Good, how are you? Okay. Well, at least I'm not in the drastic cold looking for a tauntaun to cut open and crawl inside like you guys are. It's just, it's just, uh, shield special agent training, you know, so that when we're, when we're getting ready to storm that, uh, Arctic hydra base, we, we don't just kind of turn and run the other way. You know, uh, that's well, what that is. That shield hydra, uh, Arctic base is all you guys. <laughs> I'll be holding down the fort here you, on the, you, on the you, southern you could, end. You could, drive, you could drive the Hellabus or the Hellabago. The Hellabago has really good heat. I've been working on that one. Okay. Yeah, I feel like the bus isn't going to have any heat. No, it doesn't. It, it, that's strictly like short trips. Like you I know. mean, even when, even when you put wings on it, it's still a box on wheels. <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. But you know what? That We all have to start somewhere. Who would have thought that we would find a VW microbus so the, you know, in that basement that I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to go in, but you know, whatever. But on the side of that, uh, on the side of our Gila bus is the old uh, KFP logo, Kentucky Fried Pork. You, uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, for those, go for those cosmic deliveries. <laughs> To a galaxy far, far away. Not so long, but not so long, long time ago. Um, check out the homepage, Weeby Ge- uh, MightyMarvelGeeks.net, not WeebyGeeks.net. Well, you can go there, too. It's going to be the same same directions. Check out the right-hand column of the site. Uh, check out our affiliates. Also, check out our store. Uh, with a one- to two-week turnaround, you, too, can order your own Mighty Marvel Geeks knit winter hat with the Mighty Marvel Geeks logo on it. How about that? Is winter's not going away anytime soon? No, it's not. Yeah. yeah. Although, well, we although um, by this time tomorrow, it'll be 40 degrees where we are. Uh, by this, by next Wednesday, it's supposed to be 80 degrees down here. Uh, yeah. Okay. But still doesn't mean you can't get your hoodie as well, because those will come in one to two weeks. You just get the hoodie and then you put a coat over it. 
Exactly. And and there's some nice hoodies, zip up pullovers. Wear underneath a great hockey jersey, which we're working on. I'm working on getting some Captain Marvel themed hockey jersey set, so you could get those right before the movie. You know, I've seen them. Uh, at least I've, I've seen a, a prototype, and it looks amazing. Serious. Cree and hero version. Yeah. So uh, working on that. Also working on a Spider-Man one. Hopefully be out so you can start ordering, get ready for Spider-Man Homecoming. I'm thinking. Well, yeah, I guess you could wear a hockey jersey in the summer. Yeah, you could. Well, I'm thinking about doing that one as a short sleeve button, having that one converted over also into a baseball jersey. Ooh. Yeah. So it'll okay. be a little bit of both <laughs> baseball and hockey on that one. So, um, so yeah, let's go ahead and get right into it. Now, this week we had, uh, from Marvel, a, a great little, uh, great little trailer. Should we be scared that a banjo played? Mm, this is no. tra- this is trailer, not trailer park. <laughs> so, um, oh boy! So the trailer is for the upcoming season, season six of Marvel's Agents of Shield, mm-hmm. and they've already renewed for season seven. And I'm kind of liking this idea that they're going to put it in the summer. Yes. Um. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. Coulson's back with amnesia is that even the film we know uh, maybe he's an LMD is his first name agent hmm. it's hard to gauge what's going on but was well, let's just say it's puzzling you know considering they gave him the perfect send-off and we even see May going I was there through the end it was longer than we thought but it was still great times type deal um, then we see Daisy and May uh, looking to kick butt like they usually do Um and they were fighting humanoid aliens, potentially. And there's also looks like there's going to be a huge special effects heavy action sequences as well. Shorter season, middle of summer means bigger budget. So, um, yeah. We, but this tells us majority of the of S.H.I.E.L.D. Or, or the agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. survived the snap. Yeah, yeah, it does give us. Well, you know, it's. I, I read somewhere where like no people were asking. You know, um, does this does this give us any um, spoilers about what happens in Endgame? Uh, you know, and the thing is, it's kind of hard to say because technically, it gives you about as many spoilers as the trailer for uh, Far From Home, right? Uh, and we still really don't know what if that is Phil Coulson. What does it all mean? Right. I mean, because I think somebody pointed out that there's a one part of the trailer where you see two big trucks with shield emblems. And technically, I guess that means shield is no longer underground. Could be. Because, I mean, they were like persona non grata. They they were they were operating underground, especially after all the crap that happened in um, uh, season five. Yeah. That now, may I, not be them either. That's true. Sure. Now, lot, during the first half. Half, we see the teams trying to recover from the loss of Coulson. Mac is struggling in his new role as director. 
Um, you know, of course, May's reminiscing over her final days with her lost love. And Simmons is searching for Fitz, who's frozen somewhere in space because time travel. Mm-hmm. Luckily, things seem to be uh, business as usual for Daisy, who appears to be channeling her grief into kicking butt. Um, but we're also going to be seeing them, like we said, uh, contend with a new gang of adversaries. We don't know where they're from, but they're extremely powerful. Um, as the quote from Mac, uh, as we see one attacker touting a high-tech gun before a powerful blue wave of energy seems to level a building. Mm. Mm. Maybe a potential tie-in with Captain Marvel? Possibly. So, um, now the biggest shocker of the teaser was saved for the final moments as a black-clad Coulson, or someone who looks like him, is told that he's from S.H.I.E.L.D. and this one, in this particular Coulson, says, never heard of it. So, is this an alternate version of Coulson from an alternate universe, which could then bring in that loophole on how to bring the X-Men and mutants into to the MCU? Could the show be revisiting the LMD storyline from season four? Or is there some other explanation for a Coulson who has no memory of his former team and organization? Or could he, or could the snap have taken them and whatever happens in Endgame, he comes back, but different. Yeah, but we also see, uh, but we're going to see a younger version of Coulson and Captain Marvel. So So who's to say there's not, with the time travel, like I mentioned before, maybe a Captain Marvel tie-in, that this Coulson got, um... A brain wipe, memory wipe, and set, and then sent to the future. Uh, See, all all this is, you know, and that's one of the things. Like, you know, once uh, once you introduce the cosmic, I I, I mean, you go deep cosmic, like you're going with Captain Marvel. Anything is possible. You know, uh, even more so than with magic. Like, you know, all right, true. Like when we introduce uh, magic in the mystic realm and all that. Okay, there there are a lot of possible possibilities there but the thing is cosmic is just you know it, it could be colson from another right you know dimension and you know maybe that colson was just a history teacher right now we are getting 13 episodes so it's not going to be that much longer of a wait. But Elizabeth Henstridge has said that she expects the show in July of 2019. So at this point in time, it's not, we're not going to expect it around Memorial Weekend. It's going to be June or July before it comes out. Right. And then, and then run two hours at a time or try and squeeze oh. in thir- or try and squeeze in 13, 13 episodes between say July and end of August. Well, here's or, another question. Or no, no, until after, because typically it's after Labor Day is when the new seasons start up. Right. And Marvel and ABC is working on what a new a new uh, Marvel series. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean, the other thing is okay. Like you said, you raise a good point here that uh, with it being a shorter season, that could mean a bigger budget. So we're going to is going to be we we can guess at you know it being even more like the way Shield is in the comics and it was you known the previous five seasons. That being 
being said, Spider-Man is in July, right? He, yeah, June or July, yeah. Is it possible that we can see some, I don't know, is it possible that whatever happens in Spider-Man could possibly have some small or some type of effect of what goes on in the series? Because it is all connected. Well, I, I think you're going to have both. Uh, Captain Marvel influence and Spider-Man influence. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there'll be... Now, if we get more direct tie with um, Endgame, that would be a totally major bang. Yeah. I, so. I don't know. All, all I know is that... Um, it, 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 if they if they're doing this the way that they looks like they're doing it, being a summer series is not definitely not the kiss of death for Agents of Shield. Yeah. So, what are your th- thoughts, Bart? I, 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 every season I worry that this is going to get canceled, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't. Right. But we, right. but we know we're okay because we're getting a season seven. But the fact that it's already been picked up, you know, without ha- any of it having been made, I, I have a feeling. They know what they're doing. Yeah, and maybe or, season seven is the last season. Uh, maybe. I mean, seven seasons. Really, five is a dang good run. Yeah. Well, for this show, seven seasons is a lot longer than. To be honest with you, I gave them credit for. True. Yeah, I was expecting after uh, Avengers, it was going away, mm-hmm. and then after Winter Soldier, it was going away. Mm-hmm. There was a lot going against it by that yeah. point. Yeah, and then I thought, okay. I after Age of Ultron, it was going away because of the whole accords and everything else. We're just not going to, but it, it just kept going. Right. And of course, the show kept pushing the Kree and and, the, and whatnot at, uh, on the show. And now we're going to see with Captain Marvel, the Kree playing a major role in Captain Marvel, mm-hmm. which is coming directly from, which feels like it's coming directly from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And, it, and it's funny because it's almost like... Uh, even though um, the Inhumans was technically a spinoff, people have managed to, for the most part, forget that that series even existed. Right. Um, and I was worried that it was going to be the kiss of death for Agents of Shield. I, I was really worried about that, but it, it proved to not be. So. Well, let's move on to our next story, which I, I think I don't know about you guys. I found it pretty interesting. Yeah. So um, to uh, I have to admit, I'm loving doing this story because I'm a huge Wu-Tang Clan fan and uh, so honestly this isn't a big surprise to me at all um, but Method Man prefers Marvel to DC uh, which is not a surprise at all Method Man uh, appeared in um, the first season of Luke Cage uh, and uh, there are some Wu-Tang Clan songs that uh, are featured prominently through the first uh, the first season um, and this is a direct quote from from him that mostly uh mostly marvel i grew up on marvel the performance shared with the late late show when asked uh, to weigh in on weigh in on the rivalry marvel versus dc my guy is wolverine i just love his story it's kind of like a redemption story if you have a guy who lives most of his life most of his life in pain turmoil suffering but by the time he comes out the other end of the tunnel it's love passion and peace and that's my story uh and i'll tell you uh uh, 
he says, uh, well, he goes on in when Stephen Colbert, this was on the Colbert show. Well, Stephen, well, the, the late show was Stephen Colbert. Uh, Stephen Colbert reminded him that Wolverine's uh, adamantium claws are also pretty cool. He agreed, noting that's the only reason why we go to the movies. You know. Uh, in addition to having a cameo in Luke Cage, Method Man, whose real name is Clifford Smith, which I didn't know that, also he wrote 2016's Ghost Rider Christmas special, um, Infinite Comic for Marvel, and uh, he was uh, featured pre- previously. Uh, he previously revealed on Comic Book Men that this was an opportunity that was a dream come true for him. Um, so yeah, you know the thing is uh, the for the mo- I, I think. There are certain key members in uh, the Wu Tang Clan who have alter egos, and one they're all, and, and one of them has an alter ego, Tony Starks. I think it's Tony Starks. Uh, there's another one that. Uh uh, I think one another one is Ghost Rider. I, like uh, some, I, I mean, they and even in their songs, they constantly reference Marvel. Um, I think that just kind of add, adds to my love of the Wu Tang Clan. Anyway, but uh, so it's exciting to see this, and uh, that it's not just a um, it's not just uh, a surface type of love. I mean, these guys grew up reading these comics, and not they're not just reading reading these comics they're writing them as well so uh yeah i thought that was pretty cool to uh see somebody see especially somebody who is prominent in the hip-hop community and somebody who's really well known to you know be so vocal about his love of marvel he right. actually goes on to say uh and this is at the end of this is an article uh article that's in uh, on comicbook.com he goes on to say i've always been the guy that likes uh, likes variety over focusing on one sole character the performer revealed you can go buy an iron man book and the only person you're going to see in there is basically iron man with the x-men there's so many different characters and you get the whole shebang so you know he he's not as much as he loves wolverine it seems that he's more about you know trying to get as wide i guess as as many varied experiences within the marvel universe uh as opposed to like you said just focusing on one particular character and you know and I'm wondering if every Wednesday he's in the comic shop getting his haul too. I like to think that he is. I'm sure he is. Well, remember he he helped write. I think you pointed out he he helped write something as yeah, well. He wrote. Uh, yeah, it was uh, the 2016 Ghost Rider Christmas Special, uh, and that was one of the Infinite Comics, which and, I believe is like the online comic. Yeah, and and that was even brought up on uh, on uh, what you call it on Comic Book Man when he. Visited, yeah. visited them there. Yeah, yeah. So you know that it, it, you know it's uh, it, it's it's not a surprise to me, but it's cool to uh, to still hear you know um, an artist that I'm a fan of spout his love for Marvel, you know, and and the reasons why. And I can relate. I, I like to think that the, all of us listening, we all can relate to that. Yeah. So yeah, I think um, that 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 was a fun story. I is uh, I like to um, I, I, I would like to see i'm hoping that he gets more opportunities to write you know oh just wait and see what happens there you go now something that needs more opportunities is maybe new mutants (laughs) yeah apparently it's still on the schedule for august but i swear it's been it's been canceled continuously yeah yeah 
So despite so like, despite reports of constant reshoots, it's on track for August. Uh, the director is currently in post production on the film at the moment. Uh, and many people are still curious, you know, what's going on with the movie with all the delays. Um, some if some fans have even wondered about uh, with the reshoots, uh, what's going on with a character that wasn't even part of the script or the original uh, photos. Uh, yeah, so it looks like there's questions about whether the director is even going to be involved. Um, yeah, that's correct. Um, especially after, uh, the news, uh, that he was directing a miniseries for CBS All Access of Stephen King's The Stand. So he seems to have jumped off of this, but it's still saying it's happening. Plus uh, add the whole Disney merger and... Yep, which is supposed to be done by June, July now. Okay. Uh... So uh, do we know, is it still going with the whole horror thing? Because the last I saw of it, you know, there was a teaser trailer and it made it look like it was heavily leaning toward more of a darker horror bent. Um, not that I'm really excited about seeing this movie, which I don't think is going to happen, but it looks like it's going to happen. But yeah, I, I think they are still pursuing the, the horror yeah. aspect of it. And again, this would be the this would be the last Fox, that last. Marvel movie under Fox. Hmm. I don't know. I, I you know, it, I, I feel like I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> I'll just put it like that. Yeah. That, that's how I feel about it. I don't know. It needs to go. It, it just, it just needs to go. You know, it really. I the thing is, and I don't know, and I, and I don't mean to sound like that fanboy, but you know, whatever. Uh, I, I feel like that the opportunities that they had, if they were going to do New Mutants, it didn't necessarily need to be like a younger version of the X Men, but it could have easily been it, they. They could easily have done something that was definitely more of a character study because, like, at least my memories of the early comics, you had so many different personalities working together. On top of that, they're all, like, teenagers, and they're still trying to figure out this whole mutant thing that they got going on. But you also had, you know, you had, like, a, a kid from the hills of Kentucky. You had uh, you had a, a kid from, was he Brazil? I think Sunspot. So. So yeah, kid from Brazil. You had uh, you had a, a a girl from Russia. You I mean you had all of these different personalities, and that is what made that comic so awesome. You know, right. uh, maybe and maybe it was because I was at that point when that book came out. I may have been fourteen, fifteen years old, so I could relate to it on a certain level. But you know, to take to take all of that and then boil it down to to a horror, more of a horror aspect. The thing is, you know, I don't know. I, I kind of, I, it kind of bothers me that they want to take uh, a property that is talking about people who are all, who are already different, and they're trying to figure out where they fit in, and somehow making them out to be monsters, or making some one of them or some of them out to be monsters. You know, I don't know. I, I, I agree. It, it really doesn't. It really needs to go. Yeah, I believe so. And, and for me. It, it's kind of kind of difficult um, to see this all happening and breaking down like it is when it, it should be so much easier, you know, to handle. So yes, oh, I totally agree. So and they they, 
they I mean, it was. They said it was going to be a whole sort of horror at the beginning, you know, when they first started filming it, and they have made so many changes since then that, like, I'm not even sure they know what they're making. I don't think so either. I, I didn't. I did not like the whole horror thing. To begin with, you know, why do we need our superhero films to be that heavy into horror? Exactly. You know, I mean, to me, it's it's not what what it is. New Mutants wasn't a horror film or even a horror comic. No, but um, so I, you know, I mean. <sighs> I don't know. It, it may, maybe if it okay, maybe it, it, you know if it, if it was something involving Mojo. Okay, I get it, but I don't know. This just doesn't. You know, this doesn't even. This just feels off on so many levels. That's the only way I can describe it. It just feels off. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I may, maybe they're just, maybe they were searching for a different turn, a different twist. You know, sort of like how uh, Logan was a different type of X, X-Men movie. And maybe they're like, well, okay, we went with drama and that worked. Let's try horror. Maybe. I don't know. But whatever is it's not, it, yeah. it, it's not working. Yeah. Well, here's something that may be working, though. Could the cancellation of the Netflix series help the Defenders meet the Avengers? Now, we've already touched on this once before, and we're like, yeah, maybe, maybe not. Um, because, you know, we, we've had them say there there's a what, essentially a non-compete where they can't do anything with those characters for a couple years. So we're looking, you know, they're not going to appear until almost phase five at this point. Right. Um, so we we know Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Daredevil have been canceled. We're just waiting for the shoe to drop on Punisher. Um, so uh, to, to take a, a step back for this, before the release of Avengers Infinity War, the Russo, the Russo brothers announced that they were considering as many as 67 major characters for Infinity War. Whoa. So, um, and we talked about that. It's like, uh, how is this going to happen? Um, now, Marvel Television, for years, has, has insisted that the shows take place in the same interconnected universe as the movies. Given this, the fans flew into a frenzy to list out 67 potential characters, and many placed the Defenders at the top of their wish list. The film came and went, and there was no Netflix heroes at all. So now Stephen McFeely, one of the film screenwriters, explained in a movie this big, we certainly had the conversation. Should we put Luke Cage in this? Here we are in New York, that kind of stuff. As you could probably tell, it would be a, just a glorified cameo at this point. Cameo or not, this proves that the film's writers did seriously consider bringing the Defenders. So what stopped them? It was a logistical dilemma. Behind, there was a logistical dilemma behind it all. As Christopher Marcus, the other screenwriter, explained, a lot of it is a pacing thing. We have we have to have this thing done so much ahead of time that they may get all in, all the way through that Defender show before we start shooting, or certainly before anything comes out. So we don't know where they're going to be. It's hard even logistically to keep up, keep the movie characters synced up. It's nearly impossible, given the speed that TV cranks out changes. Well, that's partially what Kevin Feige's for. Yeah. You know he ha- he probably has some 
um, conference room that is one huge whiteboard walls with the timelines of, okay, here's what these characters are doing. Can can we get this all straightened out? Also, if you want to put those characters in, you make the plan to put the characters oh, yeah. in. Oh, yeah. Um, now, essentially, they're using the excuse that there was a... Um, um, scheduling conflicts with with the the shows um, to to keep it from from being uh, th- that was potentially keeping this from happening. Um, but now this has suddenly become a non-issue. Let's say the writing team of Avengers Five writes Daredevil into their script and has him defending New York alongside Spider Man. Even if the project takes two years to get from script to screen, the delay will not harm Daredevil legally um, because Daredevil legally will have no other adventures of his own in the interim. Netflix cancellation and the two-year stipulation that comes with it has effectively frozen the Defenders in time. And now Marvel Studios is free to work them in on their schedule. So like I said, if it's going to happen, be Avengers 5 or Phase 5. Um, But why did these get axed at all? Well, the, the answer pretty much is Disney+. Plus. Uh, even though these shows are not coming to Disney Plus, um, Disney does own currently like 30% of Hulu. So that's where we could be going there. Um, so, um, nevertheless, uh, it, it is a coincidence of business strategy that bringing the defenders onto the big screen are still other obstacles in the way. Uh, Firstly, the Avenger films are already overflowing with characters and the cast keeps growing. Um, Not to, there's just not much space to bring in the television stars. Secondly, the defenders are overseen by Marvel television, which is Marvel entertainment while the Avengers are seen by Marvel studios. Though these are two arms of the same company, they have historically not been able to play nice. Well, technically, they are two different companies under the Disney umbrella, not under the Marvel umbrella. Um, nevertheless, Kevin Feige has hinted at a crossover like this is a possibility somewhere in the future. Uh, while everything is sounding vague about when we expect to see the crossover, at least now the Netflix cancellations allow us to hold on to a sliver of hope. So how about hmm. them apples? <laughs> Uh, you know, th- this is one of those, uh, this is like uh, reason 492 of why I didn't pursue a law degree. <laughs> Just say it. I, I mean, oh, I mean, okay. So, you know, you, it's like you said, you know, not long after um, Luke Cage, Daredevil, Narifist were all canceled. You know, we, we heard, you know, they all said the same tagline. You will see these characters again. Uh, well, we also kept hearing the tagline, too. It's all connected. Right. I don't know. I, dude, I don't know. I just, it, you know, for all we know, for all we know, we may all walk up into, walk up in that theater at the, you know, in late April and get our minds blown by who, who, we'll be, our minds will be blown by who is not in that movie. That's why I think. Yeah. You know, I mean, the truth is, well, like I said, you know, the, all we're, go- all all, the, all, all we're going to know about this movie is what's in the first 15 minutes. And, you know, so there's going to be a ton of surprises. There'll be, there'll be characters in there that may be serious deep cuts and giving us really good indication about where things are going or where and how things are going to progress right. from Endgame. So 
I don't know. Maybe we will see the Defenders on the big screen, or it'll, it'll be true to co- to the comics, and maybe we get new Defenders. I mean, I mean, um, uh, the uh, new Avengers. Uh, no Illuminati crap. No, 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 no. Because uh, one of them, one one member would be probably gone. At Tony that Stark, point. yeah, yeah. Although we we may be getting Reed Richards, and that means uh, Doctor Doom. Yep. And you got Peter, and then you have Doctor Strange and T'Challa. I, although I don't know, I can't see them uh, bringing in the Illuminati. I can't see them doing that. I hope not. I'd rather see Avengers Five end up being no longer an Avengers film, but more of House of M. And let's get these mutants into the into the franchise. I, I think I believe that that I I, I feel like that that is probably where they want to go. With with this you know um i mean it, it's no secret that people love X, the the x properties they love the x properties. so yeah you know and now that marvel is now starting to actively market the x properties again who knows what we're going to see yeah, yeah. well speaking of other properties that we like to see ah yes the elusive blade um who you know he made it he reappeared in um avengers comics i think maybe two issues ago maybe three um but uh in, in this article that's also on uh, comicbook.com uh, there was an interview with uh wesley snipes and he spoke out on the possibility of blade's return and of course praises uncle stan um so, you know, the thing is, uh, and, uh, and I feel other people see it this way, too. I don't think I'm the only one. Um, Blade, if it wasn't for Blade, we would not have the MCU. Um, Blade was the first Marvel movie that had mass appeal. Now, mind you, at that point in the late 90s or late, yeah, mid late 90s, the first Bla- Blade at that point was pretty much a, a D list character. Yeah. You know, so they were free to do with it what do with that character what they wanted. Even though Blade was had figured prominently in the seventies, come the nineties, nobody really was any paying any attention to Blade. But vampires were hot. Yeah. You know. Well, you had Lost so, Boys. You had uh, uh, the, the, the uh, interview with the vampire. vampire. Uh, I mean, there was quite a few. You you had yeah. you had Bram Stoker's Dracula. You had you also had. I mean, at that point. Point the uh, the role playing game uh, Vampire the Masquerade was really uh, was, uh, vampires were everywhere at that point. Yep. So out comes uh, Blade, which ended up getting um, ended up getting a um, like I believe maybe two episode arc in uh, Spider Man as well, the animated series uh, that was on Fox at that point. Yep. So Blade took off, and Blade was huge, and Blade went from. One movie that was like a total surprise to a three-movie franchise that resulted in a series, but we're not going to talk about that. Um, but in uh, speaking with in um, speaking with Wesley Snipes, um, 
Uh, and he was asking them about the uh, asking them if they will see him, you know, see Blade again. His uh, response was Day Daywalker click, baby. I, I, so I, I have no idea what that means, but yeah, you know, he's, he's being coy, I guess. But then uh, when he asked about the impact that Stan Lee had on his own career and how Snipes used Lee's inspiration to challenge others, and this is a direct quote. He said, all your creativity is never wasted. Be more creative and have no fear in being creative, Snipes said. Sooner or later, sooner or later, sooner or later, they're going to find out that you're great, that you're that you're wonderful, sooner or later. Yep. So, uh, and now, last summer, now this is how long we've been talking about this, last, last summer, Snipes had revealed in an interview with uh, Vice that he had been talks with people at Marvel about a possible future for Blade. It goes on to say there are a lot of conversations going on around right now and we're very blessed to have the enthusiasm and interest in something coming from that world again. Uh, we created two projects, projects that fit perfectly into this world and when people see them, I think they're going to have a problem with deciding which one they love the most. All the main execs at Marvel and my team, we've been discussing it, discussing for the past two years. Everyone's enthusiastic about it. Everyone gets it. But they got a business to run. They got to square the things that they got to figure out before they can get to it, I guess. In the meantime, we got a business to run in our own slate of things to do. So, uh, so then, so basically, it looks like, I don't know, maybe they can put a pencil on a possibility of Blade. Now, I, I will say it definitely looks good that we, that we see the character being uh being brought back in the comics um that's usually a good that's that's a good sign for what you want to see what we can expect to see on the big screen because like marvel says it's all connected uh you they they want you to have a similar experience in the comics that you get in the animated series that you get in the tv show that you get on the big screen so if blade is somewhere with a making a presence who knows what we'll see in the future right but I, I think it's looking bright for the daywalker i said that <laughs> uh, well i mean if we're getting hulu then you know if disney is is going to be having a major uh thing for hulu mm-hmm. then let's let's do uh midnight suns on hulu I mean, they have everyone that they need for Midnight Suns. You, I mean, there's Ghost Rider. Wait, is Ghost Rider? Ghost Rider's back. Or? No, it's back. So you, so you got Ghost Rider. You got Punisher. You got Moon Knight. Yep. Is there a fourth one? I don't remember. I know you got those three. Yeah, I don't remember. I don't remember who the fourth is, but you got those three. And even if you got Ghost Rider, you could bring in Johnny Blaze as no Blaze if you want. You know? Yeah. Um. Okay, so the team is Hellstorm, Jennifer Kale, Morbius, Werewolf by Night, Danny Ketch, Johnny Blaze, Doctor Strange, Black Cat, and Topaz. Okay. But um, they don't. What's the group then that had uh, Blade as part of it? I thought Blade was one. I, I had I had a Blade as one of the Midnight Suns. I had a comic with uh, Blade as one of them. Thought. Uh, I am looking it up. Of course, uh, there we go. Blade Comics. Uh, team affiliations. MI-13. Night Stalkers. Night Stalkers would be another great one. Yeah. Oh, yes. 
uh, Vanguard, Midnight Suns, The Mighty Avengers, Avengers of the Supernatural, and Avengers. Um, Night Stalkers would be the series. Oh, uh, that would be the series. The, the three main members, Blade, Frank Drake, and Hannibal King. Yeah, that was right. So, um, now, a revised version of the Night Stalkers was depicted in Blade Trinity with mm-hmm. Jessica Biel as Abigail Whistler and Ryan Reynolds as Hannibal King. Mm-hmm. Which I liked <laughs> Reynolds as Hannibal. I did too. I, it was a good fit. Well, since we're talking Blade, um, how would you guys rate them? Rate the Blade movies that we did get, plus the TV series. The live uh, action, not the animated. I know, uh, I had to throw that kink in there. I would say, um, honestly, I would go one, pretty much in order of uh, a production. Honestly, like, one was the best. Two, two, two was close to one, but I think one was a little bit better. Three, and then the series is last. What about you, Bart? I can honestly say I have not seen any of the movies, and therefore I've not seen the TV show either. Well, Siberian Outpost for you. Oh, wait, you're already there. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, that was a cold joke for, for <laughs> you guys there in Ohio. It might as well be. <laughs> oh, what was it? Y'all were colder than the North Pole this past week at points? Yeah, I believe yeah. we were, yes. So, well, for me, I would go Blade 1, or I would go Blade, Blade Trinity, Blade 2 in the TV series. I, th- I thought Trinity was better than 2, so... Okay, that's fair. But but you, they, see, the thing is, to me, you end up with three completely different movies. Yeah, like the first, the first one was like action horror. That's the only way I can describe it. The second one definitely was more horror, and the third one was more action. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. So you know, it almost depends. Like I, I, there were moments in the second one that kind of gave me a little bit of a jump because it was, seemed like the darkest of the three. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, let's move on. To uh, we got a bit of comic news, actually. Yes, and I was seeing if this one actually came out this this coming week, but it's already out. Um, in Captain America number seven, uh, Captain America finds himself locked up for a crime he didn't commit, but Sharon Carter calls in reinforcements to help, uh, including Spider Woman. Excellent. Uh, apparently, Captain America's uh, suspected of killing General Ross, and with the evidence that's mounting, uh, Winter Soldier and Sharon Carter uh, tr- are working to find any way to disprove this. Um, but uh, Steve Shield is involved in the crime as a murder weapon, so he's kind of in trouble. <laughs> so it looks like Sharon asks asks him where his shield is. He says it's he's lost it, uh, and so she heads into an, a hidden facility under the subway and walks into a room with a bunch of computers and says something I can't even pronounce right now. Um, uh, the dryad summons us, the serpent arises. And so, a whole, which summons a whole bunch of heroes, including Valkyrie, Mockingbird, the Invisible Woman, Echo, Misty Knight, White Tiger, Suri, and Spider-Woman, leading the team. It it's, uh, sounds so like this, a great makeup. This is the oh, Daughters yeah. of Liberty. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm hoping they, they do their own spinoff. Oh, yeah. Give them their own book. 
Yeah, based on this description, that would be just them outside of this case. Yeah. Interesting to see where it follows. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, you know, that I think it's awesome. I mean, to, it's awesome that they put together this team that, I'll be honest with you, I would not want to have anybody on that team after me. And then to put them all together, you know, uh, I, I really want to, see, I would love to see a series. I really would. And and for Marvel to actually give it more than three months. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Well, like I said, I'm very excited about this team. Like I said, I, I would love to see them get their own book, even if it was a three to five issue mini. Um, I, I think I think we need it. Oh, I totally agree. I, I, I think it, it's needed. Uh, I mean, if you want to bring more diversity to your readers and get more diverse readers, this would be a book that my daughter, if they went with this group for a book, it's something she might be into. Uh, we looked into Spider Girls, and for her, there was no Spider Gwen. She wasn't interested. But with this, this is something that she might she might dig. So, and again, some of the characters aren't ones that have their own series. Exactly. Right. And so you don't see them as often. Yeah, which is great as well. This is why another reason. Let's put it out there. Let's see what characters are get drawn um, drawn in. So um, just have to, to wait and see. Yeah, I think uh, that, I, I, that that's going to be interesting to see what happens with it, especially with uh, such a major story arc that that's uh, what they're being introduced in. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, it'll be cool to see where this goes. Yep. Yep. Well. Well, we talked about it uh, briefly. Eric's not with us this week. Uh, he's actually a little under the weather. But Eric, in true Eric fashion, uh, managed to get his picks the weekend. So um, as we get ready to head into our picks of the week, I'm going to play this little recording that he left behind for us of his picks. So uh, away we go. Good evening, gentlemen. I have been asked to transmit Eric's picks for this week as he is fighting a cold. On the positive side, I am happy to report that his Beetlejuice impression is better than ever. <laughs> Without further delay, here are Eric's picks of the week for new comic book day, Wednesday, February 6th. Pick number one is Star Wars Age of the Republic Anakin Skywalker number one by Jody Hauser, Corey Smith, and Paolo Rivera. An untold Anakin adventure from the heart of the Clone Wars. A chance to strike a devastating blow to the separatist cause comes with a high cost. Will Anakin choose the darker path or hold true to the code of the Jedi? Guest starring Obi-Wan Kenobi. Pick number two is Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur graphic novel trade paperback volume one. The Beginning by Amy Reader and Natasha Bustos. Lunella Lafayette is a preteen genius out to change the world, which would be a lot easier if she weren't living in mortal fear of her latent inhuman gene. Just when she thinks she's found a solution, Lunella's life is turned upside down by the arrival of a red-scaled beast torn from the prehistoric past. Together they become the most marvelous team-up of all, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. But 
will they be best friends forever or just until devil's dinner time? And what happens when the two undergo a body swap? It's a big change up that will see Lunella spending a freaky Friday or whatever day it happens to be as devil dinosaur and vice versa. Lunella's got a huge future in the Marvel Universe. She just has to survive the present. Collecting Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur numbers 1 through 12. This week's <laughs> final pick is Gunhawks number 1 by Maria Laffam, Luca Pizzeri, Gerardo Zaffano, and David Laffam. For Marvel's 80th anniversary we've set our sights on bringing some old titles back into the herd. And we've brought in stray bullets David and Maria Laffam for a bullet-riddled saga of violence, vengeance, and western justice. In the days of the Old West there were plenty of fearsome folk, cowboys, rustlers, lawmen, and outlaws, but few were as fearsome as the Gunhawks. <laughs> this concludes Eric's picks. He sends his apologies and looks forward to see you all next week. Thank you. Well, we know after Jarvis became Vision, Tony brought Friday. I wonder yep. what Eric's named this one. <laughs> I don't know, but I think it's kind of awesome. I have some news, which I believe you will find most interesting. <laughs> Jarvis, you're a little late. <laughs> just, just got to just got to tell you that. Unfortunately, we cannot ignore the inevitable. <laughs> yep, that you're slipping on the job. So, well, <laughs> my first pick of the week, um, I've gone with Old Man Quill number one. It's going to be a 12-issue run uh, written by Ethan Sachs. Uh, Robert Gill and John Tyler Christopher are involved in this as well. The far-flung saga of the once and future Star-Lord begins. Meet Peter Quill. He used to be Star-Lord. You know, legendary outlaw. But it's been quite some time since he's gone by that name. Taking over for his father as the Emperor of Spartax, Quill put the life of spacefaring adventure behind him for one of leadership and responsibility. Quill grew up. But things didn't go as planned. Decades have passed, and Peter is haunted by tragedy. Down and out, Quill's existence means nothing until the former Guardians of the Galaxy drag Peter out of his funk for one last mission, the heist of a lifetime. And Quill's harrowing quest for redemption begins here. So, Ethan Sachs involved in another Old Man series. So, I wonder if this is going to become a new thing. We had Old Man Logan, then we just got Old Man Hawkeye. What's next? Old Man Quill. Where do we go after here? Uh, Old Man Murdoch? Old Man Dupe. Really? Old Man Dupe? I could have gone the other way. I, I was surprised that you didn't go the other way. What, Old Man Howard? Yep. I, I, I would be afraid that one would, wouldn't be as serious as, as it would quack people up. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> so are we, are we just trying to duck the obvious jokes now? Yep. Trying to feather past this. So, Kylan, you can do your next pick of the week. <laughs> Okay. Oh my gosh. Well, I guess I should t- shake a tail feather and get to it. Um, hey, there, there's a bill here. <laughs> okay, you win. Uh, my first pick. <laughs> Is Barch ready to leave? I, I can't even. I just can't even. <laughs> Oh, you, you can, Bart. You know you like it. <laughs> you realize that worked? I can just turn you guys off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're stuck with us at the moment. Oh, my. Yeah. It's just water off a duck's back. That's all it is. Just water off a duck's back. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, I heard that eye roll. I really did. So my number one is Daredevil number one, brought to us by Chips Darsky, Marco Chiquetto, and Julian Titino Tedesco. And all it says is classified. That is all it says. They're not telling us anything. Yeah. Yeah. So I won't know anything until next week. That's all we could do. Uh, Bart, your first pick of the week. My first pick of the week is Tony Stark Iron Man number eight. Hulk in Hell Part 2. It whispers through many mouths. It destroys with many hands. Its only weapon is hate. It wears human souls like masks on a stage to work its will on the world. With the lowest hell underneath all others... All the masks come off, and the one below all is revealed. Okay. Well, my second pick of the week comes to us from Jason Aaron and David Marquez. It's Avengers number 14. The War of the Vampires begins. Transylvania is burning. As Vampire Civil War throws the world into chaos, the mysterious Shadow Colonel and his squad of undead revolutionaries have one burning question on their murderous minds. Where is Dracula? And if the Avengers find him first, the Lord of the damned be friend or foe. So, Kylan. Oh, my n- second pick is Killmonger number four of five, brought to us by Brian Edward Hill, Juan Ferreira, and Juan Ferreira, rather. Uh, the Cat and the Spider. Eric Killmonger came to New York for revenge, but now everything is crumbling around him. Ulysses Claw, the man he came to kill, has disappeared. Wilson Fisk, Killmonger's new employer, has set the deadliest assassin in the city on his trail. And now Eric's band of killing comrades is inches from the Black Widow's fangs. The hourglass is running out and Killmonger has nowhere left to run. Interesting. So, Bart, your second pick of the week. My second pick of the week is X-23, number nine. The the mystery surrounding the ex-assassin grows as Laura investigates its origins and Gabby does her best to find the humanity deep in its robot heart. But the ex-assassin isn't the only one, isn't the only threat facing the sisters. Okay. Well, my final pick of the week is uh, Star Wars number 61. It's Karen Gillian, Andrea Brocardo, and Jamal Campbell. The Escape Aftermath. The great love story of our time as man and spaceship are brought back together in a tearful reunion. Er, um, Han gets the Falcon back. It's not just about the escape. It's what you leave behind. So as we are now going to be six issues away from the final, book from Karen Gillian. So, Kylan, your last pick of the week. My last pick of the week is Marvel's Captain Marvel Prelude trade paperback uh, brought to us by Will Corona Pilgrim and Andrea DeVito. Prepare for Captain for Captain Marvel's cinematic debut with Titanic Tales setting the stage for the Marvel Universe's mightiest hero. When an encounter with Kree soldier Marvel grants Carol Danvers amazing powers, she begins a costume career as Ms. Marvel. Determined to prove herself the best of the best in a world full of fearsome foes, Carol takes on the mantle of Captain Marvel and the responsibility of protecting the entire planet. But what happens when she comes face to face with Marvel, who died years before? Plus, look back at Carol's early days and learn what shaped a woman behind the mask. 
this is collecting Marvel's Captain Marvel prelude, Marvel Superheroes uh, number 13 from 1967, Ms. Marvel number one from 1977, Ms. Marvel from 2006 number one, Captain Marvel number one from 2012, Generations Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel, and Life of Captain Marvel number one, both from 2018. Okay. And Bart, your final pick of the week. Uh, going from one Marvel to the other, uh, this is the Ms. Marvel uh, trade paperback uh, graphic novel um, with Kamala Khan. Uh, the all-new Ms. Marvel, groundbreaking heroine who has become an international sensation. Kamala Khan is an ordinary girl from Jersey City until she suddenly gains extraordinary gifts. But who is she? Teenager? Muslim? Inhuman? Kamala explores her newfound powers, but will the height of the legacy before her be too much? Collecting Ms. Marvel 2014 number 1 through 11 and material from the all-new Marvel Now point one. Okay. Well, I've got the Marvel Unlimited pick or the MU pick for this week. And uh, I kind of wanted to do something special with this one. Saturday, uh, well, February 2nd, uh, which is when this is airing on Sorcerer Radio. Uh, of course, the day after or on Monday is when the show will drop. Should be Sunday, though, um, if you're listening to us podcast-wise. Um, my work anniversary is February 2nd uh, with um, the Walt Disney Company or Walt Disney World. And I wanted to see how many times has a Wednesday fallen on February 2nd. And we got 2011, 2005, 2000, 1994, 1983, 1977, 1972. Well, apparently from 83 to 70, or from 72 to 83, books were coming out on Tuesday. New comic books were coming out on Tuesdays, not Wednesdays. Because most things I was seeing was February 1st, not February 2nd during that time period. So I went delving further and I decided to uh, go a little more recent with 2011. And this book came out February 2nd, 2011. And it's Dokken, Dark Wolverine, number five. Okay. And it's Empire Act Two, Part Two. Uh, the synopsis is Dokken is going to prove to the world he's the best there is at what he does one country at a time and he's starting with mad rapport so uh characters in this book is dokken uh which is uh akahiro uh tiger tiger max captain gooey are your supporting characters Petrus is your antagonist, and other characters in this is Sister Francis, Jazz, Miss Gooey, Adana Gooey, and Logan in a mention. So, um, but the, the big quote from this is, call me what you want, but don't use my real name. That is between you and me. That's from Dokken. So that's my, that's my MU pick for the week. So one, one put some special tie to it. Cool. So, um... Maybe in three weeks, I'll go back to the Norwalk series. But being so close to my work anniversary, 21 years at, at Disney. I figured, Congratulations. Well, thank Congrats, you. man. Figure figured I'd do something special. Let's, let's find something that's close. And you know what? I may do this again around my birthday. <laughs> That'd be cool. What, what books came out on my birthday when my birthday was on a Wednesday? So there we have it. Uh, any final thoughts, final questions, comments? No. No. Well, I'm 
I'm going to say just real quick, congratulations to Black Panther for winning Screen Actors Guild Award for Best Ensemble. And Black Widow is reportedly starting um, starting to film within the next month. So awesome. if there's nothing else, Jarvis, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be anything else? Nope. Just time to go dark. That man is playing Galaga. Thought we wouldn't notice, but we did. <laughs> 